like sucking, but I ain't gay. Legit bad podcast. Fuck those honkies. Welcome to Legit Bat. I'm Joe. Jen's here. Ben's here. Lene's here. And special guest host Murph from the Tub Turkey podcast. He will be coming on in December and he's very excited about that. Yay! Just kidding. (laughs) And then we also have guest hosting Shannon, aka Creative Light on Instagram. Wait, is it Creative Light 16? Okay, cool. You're still muted, by the way. I don't know how that happened. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yes you're correct <laughs> so we uh got together with this round table today because we have a special guest mr clive Carl from the uk clive how are you good to meet you hello i'm very well thank you very much thank you for inviting me of course and uh it's always a kind of a bitch to schedule people in the uk because of the time difference but we figured it out we normally don't do it this early on our end but i had to had to do it with you because uh, I've heard you so many times on Crow Triple Seven and I think a couple other shows. Um, so why don't you just do a quick introduction of yourself and what it exactly you do? Sure. Yeah. Well, um, when I was in my early thirties, about thirty-eight years ago, I took an antibiotic, and the next thing I know, a couple of months pass, and I can't walk or get dressed anymore, and they shove me in hospital. They tell me after weeks that they don't know what's wrong with me or how to fix me. But I've worked it out myself in this in this time period. And I realized that the antibiotics have knocked my digestive system out. And I started taking supplements. And I had rheumatoid arthritis so bad that I looked like I was 80 years old. All that went away. And I basically got pretty much better. And then my dad's best friend got cancer. For, a, for the second time, I was told he had weeks left to live. He pretty much copied what I did, but took 35 grams of vitamin C every day. And when he did die 20 years later, it wasn't from cancer. And then I had a contact lens business, which I was lucky enough to sell. And I decided I'd change everything that I was doing and concentrate on health and trying to wake people up to perhaps what you might call the bigger picture. And... Um, Then for a long time, I did consultations, but I'm not really doing that anymore. And I started interviewing people just like you're doing. And I found that actually I could just go out, ask the most famous health expert in their field in the world, would they allow me to interview them? And they always said yes. It was like this incredible free resource. You know, you get get somebody who wants wants to talk to you and wants to do it for nothing. So when I've seen clients have had a difficult problem, I just asked the experts. And so I started putting all this stuff up on YouTube, all the interviews I was doing. Then in 2014, the UK government decided to knock me down and the people that I was working with, and they they said it's going to be like $300,000 fine if you don't take all your videos off YouTube in the next 24 hours. And not that I had that sort of money, but nevertheless, the threat was pretty real. And um, so at that point, realizing that all my information on YouTube was at risk, 
I started a private members club, which I called secrethealthclub.com. And on secrethealthclub.com, I've put all, all the really interesting information that I could find over the last 12 years uh, into one like big A to Z of answers to health problems. So uh, I'm quite pleased with it because uh, people who've discovered it, you know, if, if people come to me and say, well, you used to do consultations. Who, who can I see now? And I say, well, I haven't got a clue because there aren't that many people out there that I think are particularly great. There are, there are some, obviously. Um, but have a look, join the Secret Health Club and have a look at the information there because uh, what I've tried to do is to give the get the answers that I've la- learned over the last couple of decades or so, um, narrow it all down because the more I've done this natural health stuff, uh, trying to figuring out how to ask the right questions to find out why people aren't well and how to provide the answers. Um, it's got simpler and simpler because it turns out that all of us are low on the same things, basically. Just like half a dozen, 10 supplements or so, 10 nutritional elements that we're all low on because of the world and what it's throwing at us. So what I've discovered is that... Uh, People, for instance, who have got brain fog, they can't think straight, they're almost certainly low on iodine. People who are in pain, people who are depressed, people who are constipated, people with heart issues, people with cramps, spasms, they're low on magnesium, and so on. And uh, so I'm happy to answer any questions you might have. If any of you have got personal health issues or have got family issues, it, it might be simpler than you think, because if I'd listened to the doctors 38 years ago, I would have been dead ages ago. Yeah. So you said 35 grams of vitamin C a day. That seems like a lot because I took like a half a teaspoon one time and had diarrhea four hours later. So I, I figured out my dose was about a quarter teaspoon a day, and that seems to work well. But 35 grams, how, was there anything staying in his body? Well, you see, if you spread it out, um, things are different, but also depending on how much, how ill you are at the time. This, this guy had cancer and was told he was going to die, so he was pretty ill. There's a fantastic video, four minutes long, called Reverse Pneumonia in Three Hours, where Dr. Andrew Saul, realizing he's got bacterial pneumonia, takes two grams, which would be just a bit less than half a teaspoonful, because some people have the ability to take a whole teaspoonful. Some people only can tolerate an eighth. You know, you find out your level. Um, he took two grams every six minutes, and within three hours, his pneumonia had stopped. His temperature had normalized. You know, the snot coming out. You know, he was better in three hours, two grams every six minutes. There have been people who've wow. been told, like, you're going to die tomorrow from cancer, who've been given 100 grams uh, intravenously over a 24-hour period, uh, so, you know, some people even more than that. Um, vitamin C is so powerful. There's a great book by Dr. Thomas Levy called Curing the Incurable, which lists all the health issues you could possibly think of and how vitamin C is key to reversing pretty much every single one. You know, there are just a few keys. You know, Vitamin C, vitamin D in winter if you're not getting sunshine, uh, 
magnesium is the most important of the minerals. And there are a few other things I'd like to recommend. Celtic salt is an interesting one. Celtic salt, the grey natural salt that hasn't been bleached. That's got every mineral known to man, and it's very cheap. Uh, you can just buy that on, on eBay or somewhere. Then there are fulvic minerals, F-U-L-V-I-C. And fulvic minerals are in every soil everywhere. And there, there are some incredibly rare deposits of these fulvic minerals where literally you just take some of the earth, pour water through it a few times, and a little bottle, sort of this size, 50 mil, will last you four months. It's so powerful. It's just, you know, soil-based minerals. And if you think about it, if you went into the old forest and you dug down a bit, every everything in the forest is there. You know, every leaf, every bud, every butterfly, every bee, every bird, everything is, is now in the soil. So there are some deposits of fulvic minerals that they reckon are about 30 million years old. And supposedly, 30 million years ago, things were bigger and more abundant, supposedly four times more species then. So this stuff is about 30 million years old. There are other deposits uh, which are 100 million years old, and uh, some people believe they're slightly past their sell-by date, and that 30 million years old is just about as fresh and peachy as you, you want. That sounds perfect. Yeah, the Celtic sea salt, uh, that's actually something Shannon brought up to me, uh, what, a year ago? But uh, it was a, a salt cleanse kind of thing where you put a teaspoon into a quart of water. I always get the measurement wrong. It's something like that. But, two um, teaspoons. We, two teaspoons. Yeah. So we have a, a bag of the Celtic sea salt in our house right now because of that. But uh, I remember hearing you, I want to say two years ago, right at the... Uh, the height of the you know the dark winter we were supposed to supposedly have if we didn't get a certain jabby and uh we we started i think it was then that we started doing a, a smoothie every day and putting in basically what you recommended c d magnesium uh, zinc iodine all this stuff and we literally haven't been sick since it's been about yeah. three years actually guess, joe the sick. other day i was starting to get sick or i had allergies i'm not sure but i was very very congested and Joe made me a mix of iodine and vitamin C in water. And within five or 10 minutes, it was completely gone. So it is absolutely incredible. I was just vitamin taking a C's. guess at that one. I didn't really know. I, know. I was like, <laughs> I know, but she took zinc earlier and it kind of made her st uh, stomach feel bad. So I'm like, well, let's just try iodine and see. It can't hurt, whatever. And she yeah, no, but went right out of it. Yeah. It is pretty amazing. Way better than, you know, Robitussin or whatever they're promoting for people to take for things like that Dextra that are complete poison. Yeah. Called. Yeah. So, uh, Shannon, do you have any questions for him? Because Shannon is our, our our friend, natural holistic doctor. So I know you have at least some comments. Um, I was just going to say I 100% agree with everything that um, he said. And and um, I kind of wanted to just piggyback really quick and just say um, there for the healthy folks out there, you know, 100% go ahead and, and take your iodine, your zinc and all of that stuff. But all I want to say is, is don't give up on the natural remedies because a lot of people, and it's not very regulated. So a lot of people will go out there and they will try to do this themselves. They're going to try for 24 hours and then they're going to be like, yeah, that didn't work for me. 
um, it, it takes seven to 10 days to see really any beginning movement, sometimes quicker. If you don't get the response you're looking for, keep trying. Um, and sometimes, like he was saying, you know, if if they're not a healthy individual, they are going to need to do some more mega dosing types of things. But I guess that's all I really wanted to say is don't give up on it. If you think it doesn't work, you can muscle test to get the appropriate um, dosage for yourself. And then you'll you'll know exactly how much you need to take to improve your situation. So, OK, um, the other thing I wanted to bring up too, and uh, either of you can weigh in on this, but I've had terrible TMJ in my jaw ever since I had a uh, root canal like 15 years ago. and. Uh, it's just it was constantly hurting always hurt it was always clicking and popping and in a just really uncomfortable and sometimes it would get really bad and i would just be like laid out on the couch trying to rub it and there's really nothing that helps that rubbing doesn't really help anything if anybody who has tmj knows what i'm talking about but uh, ever since we started doing these doses of everything we put in our smoothies every day it's literally gone away and i didn't realize it till maybe six months ago that i didn't have any jaw pain anymore do you guys know which exactly what would contribute to that out of all the things we put in our smoothie would it be magnesium or i have no idea i think you've had a lucky escape because a lot of people with root canals can't fix it uh, even trying the things that you've done so something has worked and got in deep in there it might be the iodine maybe you know because the problem is with a root canal that they can never get rid of all the roots you know they they say, oh, we got rid of most of the roots, but nobody in their right mind who was a surgeon would do an operation leaving any de dead tissue in the body. So that could lead to septicemia and death. But dentists do when they do root canals. They leave some root in there. Uh, if they get it all out, they have to pull the tooth, which, which arguably would be a better thing. Uh, I had a couple of root canals before I knew how dodgy they were, and I'm now... I now don't have two root canals I hadn't taken out. Um, they're, they're, they're dodgy things, and I believe most dentists are dodgy as well. Yeah, if, if I had it to do over, I wouldn't get it done, obviously, because it fucked my jaw up. But if, if I were to ever have to have a root canal again, yeah, I'd just say, yank that fucker. I'm not, doing, I'm not going through that again, especially after uh, lasting you know, problems with my jaw. So how, what do you recommend for people who are just hearing about this or just getting into it as far as how to start dosing yourself with all these uh, vitamins and minerals. Ben, did you have something there? Yeah, that's what I was going to ask is I'm, this is all stuff I don't know. Um, not only would I be interested in <clears throat> one, uh, how to calculate getting into this, uh, how to kind of dose it. Um, what are the, I guess you could say side effects of like Joe was mentioning, taking too much um, and being down because now it's, you know, flushing your system or whatever the case may be. Um, and I was also interested, I know you said there's about 10 to 12 uh, base items that uh, you kind of were able to boil everything down to. I'd be interested to know. I think this is the first podcast I grabbed a notepad and I'm uh, now writing as much of this down as I can. So uh, if you could list those, um, the effects of them and all of that, that would be awesome. And obviously, Shannon, if you got anything to add, uh, that'd be welcome as well. So I have got a video. Um, you know, it's, it's been a long time since I got wiped off YouTube and most of the platforms. 
But if you put my name and supplements, you, you should find a video which goes through what I'm about to explain. I mean, let's look at magnesium to start with. Now, most people have probably tried, some people might have tried magnesium as a supplement, and they probably might have taken one or maybe two capsules a day, perhaps. Now, um, obviously, the various capsules you can buy vary in strength dramatically. So if you go into an average good health store, uh, maybe the um, the magnesium might be as high as the recommended daily allowance if you take three. But the recommended daily allowance, the RDA, is just enough to stop you dying. It was worked out in the Second World War. was the absolute minimum. It's not the ideal amount. So the ideal amount might be uh, several times more than that. So let's say somebody's really low. Let me give you some examples. I had somebody a few months ago who was suicidally depressed. Uh, their life was awful and they were just suicidal. And I told them to take 12 big magnesium capsules in one day and 12 the next. She rings me up. I suppose it must have been, you know, 36 hours in. She'd taken 24 magnesium capsules of the right type. She was no longer suicidal in, in 36 hours. Um, I've had people who've been in pain for very, very long periods of time uh, and have come out of pain in one day. I mean, Crow, who you mentioned at the start, the very first time I went on Crow's show, I sent him a few supplements so he could try them. And he explained that his sister had got trigger finger. She couldn't straighten her finger. And she just had an operation. She was still recovering from that operation to straighten it. And he said he also had trigger finger. So I told him to take some magnesium and some vitamin C, which he did live on air at the beginning of the show. One hour later, his finger straightens while on the show. And we sold out of magnesium for the next four months. <laughs> So yeah, just, that's amazing. Do you, do you know what the mechanism is with that? What, yeah, what is yes. yeah. it? It's so simple. Um, magnesium allows relaxation. Calcium is something that tends to tighten. Magnesium relaxes you. So in the case of that lady, the suicidal one, I would suggest that she relaxed her mind. And suddenly things weren't as, oh, my God, tension and stress. So we're all stressed way more than I believe we would normally be in, in nature, in life. And how the body responds to it is to stress is by uh, using up your magnesium reserves. So let's just say you've run out of your magnesium reserves. Let me run through the symptoms of what that might be like. See whether anybody listening to this has got one or more of these symptoms. So. Symptoms of magnesium deficiency can be anxiety, panic attacks, can be heart arrhythmia, your heart suddenly races or runs out of rhythm. It could be uh, you've had heart attacks. It could be that you've got constipation. It could be that you get muscle cramps, menstrual cramps. Could be that you get restless leg. It could be um, headaches. Could be epilepsy, could be migraines, could be hiccups, anything that's a spasm. 
twitches around the eyes, any type of twitching. You know, that those are just some of the magnesium deficiency symptoms. And most people have got one or two. And um, so the thing is, let, let's say you get a muscle cramp. If you got a cramp of the heart, well, they co- they've got a name for that. It's called a heart attack. So anybody who's getting twitches, spasms, cramps, they're the ones who need to watch out so that they get enough magnesium. Somebody drops down dead in the desert. What do we think happened? Well, we tend to think that dehydration got them. Didn't have enough water. They sweated all the water out, bump, they're dead. No, they didn't run out of water. They ran out of magnesium. You sweat out enough magnesium and the heart, which is doing calcium, magnesium, sorry, calcium contraction, magnesium relaxation, the heart beats all the time. You run out of magnesium and <laughs> the heart can't unbeat and, and they have a heart attack. That's why people in the desert sweat out all the magnesium. Sportsmen at the end of a race, at the end of a match, they've sweated so much, they have a heart attack, bump, drop down dead. I would suggest that people dropping down dead with myocarditis are running out of magnesium, that the jabby you mentioned somehow affecting their ability to uptake magnesium and assimilate it into the cells something like that maybe. So I would suggest that most people are low on magnesium and most people are low on iodine. And if, if you're low on iodine, then you're likely to have dry skin. You might be the sort of person who walks in a room and forget forgets why they walked in, sort of person who's got brain fog, you know, where are the car keys, can't remember. Um, people who have thyroid issues, everybody with a thyroid issue would, would have... Uh, an iodine deficiency, anybody whose temperature is out of control, cold hands and feet, or wow, your hands are hot. Um, people with temperature out of control, it's a thyroid issue, and iodine controls the thyroid, along with selenium. Now, selenium uh, it is very, very interesting because it makes iodine work properly. Anybody who's got a thyroid issue, Selenium and iodine combined. Selenium is about good hair. Selenium is about not being addicted to stuff. Selenium was uh, used in trials decades ago in New York to get people off methadone. The right type of selenium, um, which is a liquid selenium, in a large dose for about three days has remarkable effects. Um, on, I had a guy who had ADHD very badly, and for 18 years he'd been on ADHD medication since he was an incredibly young, young child, criminal really, and um, he'd never been able to get off. Each time he tried to get off, he, he couldn't just back on it, back on it, back on it. Anyway, I told him to take 10 drops of the selenium for three days, he chickened out and just took seven drops. And I recommended various other things from my website, other supplements. And within three days, he was completely off the drugs of 18 years, no problem whatsoever. I've had other people who are, I've suggested a higher dose, up to 20 drops. Um, and they've, various ones have come off booze, you know, all, all sorts of things. Now, um, if anybody starts looking up selenium, the first thing they'll see on Google is that it's toxic. Well, there, there may well be toxic versions of selenium. 
but there are safe versions as well. And the one that I use is the same one that was invented decades ago by a German medical doctor and was used successfully and then obviously covered up like any good thing. You know, they don't want people to know about anything that might threaten their profit margins. Well, yeah, as we've said that before is uh, any customer cured is a customer lost. Um, now, she brought up a good question. Obviously, if I'm looking up uh, magnesium, there's a bunch of different denotations of what that is. What do you recommend as uh, just kind of a base for an everyday supplement? Okay, so um, when I started a supplement company some 15 plus years ago, the reason I did it was that when if you walked into any health food store, let's say the best health store in, around, they've got loads of choice of supplements, even the best salespeople don't really understand what supplement is which. They only know really what the salesperson for that supplement company told them. So um, my dad used to have this poster above his desk which said, my tastes are simple, I just like the best. And I followed his sort of idea there, which was, if you sell somebody the, the best quality you can get, then they're going to be the happiest. And uh, so I started trying to research, well, what type of magnesium is the best? You know, there are like 50 magnesium salts you can get. They're the one, the common one that you hear about is magnesium citrate. And magnesium citrate is uh, elemental magnesium mixed with citric acid. Now, how useful is citric acid to the body? Well, not particularly. Are, are there better salts you could mix it with? Well, yes. Um, there's malate, for instance. Mal malic acid is in apples. It's in mother's breast milk. Um, so you can get magnesium malate. Now you can get uh, malate, sorry, magnesium mixed with taurine. Now, if you're a vegan, taurine is one of the amino acids that you're likely to miss through not eating meat, taurus the bull, taurine. Important amino acids for a vegan to, to know about. It's, it's important for the eyes, for one thing, very important. So uh, magnesium taurate or taurinate is another useful version. And then there's uh, the benefits of glycine. So I, the one on my site is a mixture of citrate. Too much citrate will give you diarrhea but a little bit is quite useful. Uh, taurinate, bisglycinate, and malate. Now those four just seem to be perfect. Uh, there, there are loads of other nice magnesiums out there, but there are also loads of magnesiums that aren't good. Now, if, if you buy any cheap magnesium supplement, it, it will have the wrong type because it's the, the wrong type is the cheapest, which is oxide. You do not, not, not want magnesium oxide because it will just end you up in the bathroom without giving you much benefit. So, um, bisglycinate is is great, uh, but but getting a blend is good. But mo any of those ones that I've mentioned will work to reverse people's arthritis, to stop their back pain, hopefully, to correct their you know, pains and cramps and stuff like that. So um, it is very important to get the right versions and take the right amount. So with the magnesium, I mentioned 12 a day. Now, 
if anybody's getting the symptoms that I mentioned, cramps or whatever, then you're low, you're very low. And if you were to take, let's say, two with some water and then maybe with a meal, anything that you think, well, maybe I'm going to be sensitive to it, take it with a meal and that will dilute it, you know, so to speak. So if you could take two capsules, then maybe another two, an hour or two later and another two and another two and take it two at a time. Myself, I can take six at a time. I've got a strong constitution. But other people, if they took three, that might be too much and they end up in the bathroom. So with vitamin C and magnesium, the great thing is the body is self-regulating, right? Take too much, you're in the bathroom. Now you know what an overdose was and you, and you don't have to go there again. You know, one of the important things is to realize that we are self-repairing, right? We, we self-repair, but doctors are taught in medical school that the body goes wrong. It's because of your faulty DNA. It's your faulty genes. It's your fault, whatever it is, but your body's gone wrong. And we doctors, because we're so incredibly clever, we can fix you and override your faulty body. And of course, this is total rubbish. Your body would never let you down. I mean, doctors say, or you've got an autoimmune disease. No, you haven't. That's indicating that your body would turn against you. Autoimmune, you know, your body suddenly doesn't like you anymore. That's rubbish. That, that doesn't exist. What happens is if you run out of a, a mineral or a vitamin or an essential fat or an essential amino acid, then your body will adapt to that situation. But it might be, you know, let's say you haven't got enough vitamin K vitamin K2, which primarily people get from animal products, and got enough vitamin K2, the body might rob it from your bones to put it in your teeth. You know, number one for teeth is vitamin K2. So the body will always adapt to whatever the situation is and uh, do its best to help you. Um, whereas doctors do their best to drug you cut bits out of you and irradiate you, given half the chance. Now, the profit doctors make on drugs in the United States is unreal. The commission that they get on chemotherapy and stuff, you go to a private doctor, wow, they're making fortunes, some of them. Which is just paying the doctors to poison you just enough to uh, st maybe keep you alive while killing the cancer. And to keep you coming back. Yeah. Uh, so what, with the way that the food is nowadays and everything's just so depleted of all these things even basic stuff like magnesium and i mean i don't even know where you'd get selenium from food that's another thing is that people don't know that they're deficient because they don't know where to find you know the foods they need to keep them at full capacity with all these vitamins and minerals so what is i mean supplements are kind of necessary but what are some of the foods that are high in magnesium and selenium and those other uh important ones i mean obviously vitamin c is citrus fruits and things like that. But as far as magnesium, what's a good place to get that from food? Well, um, you know, in, in animals, uh, the core of blood is iron. In plants, the core, core you know, the chlorophyll, it, it is uh, magnesium. So green leafy vegetables, plants, you know, uh, high in magnesium. But th there's magnesium in lots of foods dependent on if there was any in the soil in the first place, you know, because the soils have been so depleted, just because it says organic on the label, the soil that, that it was grown in might have been horrendously damaged before. So you know, basically, there aren't enough uh, 
nutrients in the soil full stop. I mean, here in Europe, uh, let's say the wheat harvest, the, uh, the corn harvest, the oats, whatever it is, they'd take the harvest, then they'd burn the stubble, they'd burn the rest of it down to the ground. So they'd be recycling the minerals every year. You know, they grow it up, burn it down, grow it up, burn it down, because minerals aren't destroyed by heat, basically, generally. But uh, now they're not allowed to burn anymore because the, the Europe said that this is bad for the environment, even though we've been doing it for a million years. Uh, so now they take the stubble away and dump it somewhere else and put chemicals on instead every year. So every year, a lot of the soils are getting emptier and emptier and emptier and emptier as the insects no longer exist and the worms aren't there and the beetles aren't there. And it's just a, a disaster. So everybody's low on everything. So it's really essential to try and eat your way there. I mean, the food with the most selenium in it is, is Brazil nuts, followed by pistachio nuts. That's assuming that they were grown in soil that has selenium. In the States, there are some, some states which are rich in selenium and other states uh, which are really low on selenium. You could look up your state, you know, whatever it is, and see what if the selenium is high or low. And if it is low, you might want to do something about it. I would suggest that anybody with fibromyalgia, anybody with sort of weak muscles and stuff is going to be low on selenium. I'd recommend pretty much anybody uh, is going to be low on selenium. Um, there are two types you commonly see in the stores. There's one that you do not want. You do not want sodium selenite. If you just buy it from your local store, you don't, don't do it any other way than uh, selenomethionine. Selenomethionine is the one you want. Uh, the version I do is another version, which, which is the liquid non-toxic version. So um, they make selenium from yeast. You can literally uh, create a, a, a yeast, which is rich selenium yeast. Lots of ways to, to get selenium. And, um, you know, people can do a hair mineral analysis test where you take some hair samples, send it off to a lab, maybe it's $100 or something, and you can see over the last three months prior what, what you were low on and what you had excess on. Um, so you know, that, that can be useful. But um, with a non-toxic selenium, well, you might just as well try it. It's not, not, not horrendously expensive. We sell a little bottle which lasts a year for about $120. So, wow. years, so it, it's not terribly expensive. Um, Have you ever done any studies or looking into, uh, like you said, different areas are higher in different minerals? Have you noticed a correlation between different areas that are low in certain minerals in certain um, effects that people have in that area, like higher hypertension in this area or higher uh, thyroid issues in this area and correlating that with different mineral deficiencies? Well, uh, absolutely. I mean, uh, look at the Japanese, for example. In Japan, uh, traditionally, they've had no word for menopause because they have so much iodine in all the seaweed that they're eating with every meal that uh, they don't have an iodine deficiency. So they don't get thyroid issues. They don't get menopause. They don't get breast cancer, hardly at all compared to the West with a different diet. Um, look at a country like Jamaica. Jamaica has the lowest boron in the soil anywhere in the world. Israel happens to have the most boron of anywhere in the world. 
in Jamaica, the rate of arthritis is massive. I think the highest rate of arthritis in the world, in the lowest boron country, Israel has the lowest rate of arthritis anywhere and the highest rate of boron, which they get through the food. A couple of examples. What kind of uh, effects does boron have? That's not one you hear about a whole lot. Well, um, you will have heard of Borax. There's a famous brand in the States called 20 Mule brand Borax. And it's 20 Mule brand. It, it, the, the, where, where the Borax mine was, it was so steep, they needed 20 mules to haul it out and up the mountain, down the mountain. Anyway, um, uh, it used to be used commonly as a washing powder. You know, so people be up to their, their, their elbows in borax water, washing clothes. And it turns out that it's incredibly healthy. And a little tiny pinch in a couple of pints of water is enough borax, enough, there's enough boron uh, is the mineral that's in, important in borax. It comes from the town of boron in the States. And so a little pinch of borax uh, will give you enough boron to make sure you, you're creating enough testosterone. Boron is about not, not just being free from arthritis, but about create, creating testosterone. If you're in a fluoridated water area and you're having a bath, you want to put a teaspoonful or two of borax in your bath water because that will immediately, instantly neutralize the fluoride. If you're drinking water with fluoride, or cooking it again, pinch pinch of borax. You don't need much because you know you don't you don't want to overdo it. Uh, just one pinch in a liter of water is sort of enough for the day, as far as the dose is concerned. Or you can buy boron in in capsules or whatever, little tiny tablets. Or in some multi minerals, you you'll get uh, boron. I, I I Lene had a question. I'm not going to remember how to. Uh phrase it uh oh i was just wondering about things that would be good for um if your system is more acidic to help it become more like alkaline yes magnesium okay magnesium you know a lot of people go on what they feel is quite a painful uh alkaline diet they're eating loads of kale and spinach and cruciferous vegetables and and so on um and a lot of people end up in big trouble doing that, thinking that that's the way to get the balance right. Uh, many people are making too little stomach acid. They've got acid reflux, they've got bloated stomach, they're not digesting food well, and they're told by the media, they're told by uh, the doctors that they're making too much stomach acid. They're not, it's the opposite, they're making too little so looking at how to increase stomach acid is one important thing to get it right. But because everybody's low on magnesium, if you just try taking magnesium, you should find it balances out the acid alkali thing. You know, there are times when you want acid, there are times when you want alkali. And the idea that one is evil and the other is, is okay is slightly misguided. Um, I did a video with Dr. Jerry Tennant some 10 plus years ago called healing healing is voltage which is all about the correlation between cellular voltage and ph and running alkaline assuming you know how to measure it correctly 
is a very important thing to make sure you never got cancer or any disease like that. Cancer, of course, like heart disease, is inflammatory. So that's one of the reasons why vitamin C is a big answer for these things. So I've... I've, uh, Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was just going to add to that, that um, when you get pH tested, if you recall the alkalines on one side and um, acidic is on the other and the um, the balance is right in the middle. So you got to kind of think about it as uh, our bodies are restorative. We're constantly striving. Our bodies are constantly striving for life and to live. And so there's that homeostasis balance that it always wants to be at where it's, it, it's that perfect environment. And a lot of my clients I do pH testing for, um, and basically when you're taking any kind of supplement, what you really want to shoot for is having your internal environment be balanced. Um, so if you run a little bit more on the acidic side, that's where the second you're eating food, it's coming out. Um, if you're too far alkaline, you're on the constipated side. Um, I actually kind of address that using different forms of calcium to move that, but I'm, I'm also monitoring and watching those people too. Um, magnesium, of course, does work as well, but it's all about the balance of it. And if there, I mean, one could argue that if your internal environment is not in, in a good zone um, or like in the range that is a healthy range, you're not going to be using much of any supplement that you take regardless of of whether it's good quality or not. And that's why they say in America, we have the most expensive pee um, out there because people don't know that, you know, they hear a tip and they're like, oh, I'm going to go and take scads of vitamin C, but that's not necessarily their answer. So it is all about balance and making sure that like your internal environment is right. And once that is the case, which so it's good if you have pH testing in your area, it's really good to have that done so you can kind of see what you need to get balanced. And then you know your body is at optimal, the optimal place to absorb the nutrients that it needs. And then you're going to gain the benefit of what you purchase. But I do also agree with um, Clive that, you know, you get what you pay for. And so we have to really stop saying that natural wellness things are, it's more expensive to eat healthy or be healthy than it is to, you know, eat junk. I would argue that I will seriously argue that all day, like put me in a debate. I'm going to argue that because um, it's just a different mindset and and a different switch. If your body is functioning optimally, you don't need that many things. And it is a very simple process. And we do, we complexify it. It, It's not that difficult, but people always want to think that this is so difficult to do because you go and you get conventional medicine and it's scientific and there's labs and they make it sound like it's impossible for you peons to understand anything about yourselves or how the body functions. Um, But I think we're kind of our own experts because we we have a body and if you listen to it, it's pretty dang simple. So um, all of the concepts are very simple, but just remember the word balance or homeostasis. So So that, oh, go ahead, Ben. Oh, I was going to say, so that actually makes sense. If you're eating correctly and ingesting the correct amount of things, you're not going to need as many supplements. Therefore, it's not going to be as expensive. And you don't Um, need as much food either, because when you eat empty calories, you just want to keep eating and keep eating because you're never going to be full. But when you eat the proper nutrients, you could eat every two hours as long as you've got the right balance of everything. And you won't think about food. You won't be hungry. You'll have to actually like remind yourself to eat because your body is getting the fuel that it needs. So it's less. You see that a lot with people that are trying to pack on uh, the muscle for doing uh, working out is 
they'll eat, you know, six, eight times a day. And most of the time it's an avocado here, it's peanuts here. It's, it's all of the stuff. And they have to set a timer because after their body gets used to it, they're, they're, they wouldn't even think about it because they're not hungry. And they're like, oh yeah, I need to put more in my body because if I don't, then I'm going to diminish. It's kind of like the old argument of, uh, making sure that you drink a cup of coffee after a, a, a bender to even yourself out. It's like you're, you're trading the one for the other. You're, you're destroying one thing and then trying to artificially get yourself back up to the level on another way. But really, if you just did the right things, you, you wouldn't have to really worry about that. Yes. Uh, I did have a question to throw out for both of you. I remember, I think I must've been 10 or so there was this big craze with all of the, uh, omegas omega-3 was like this big thing that everything everybody started packing on to uh different items you could buy and it was i just remember seeing the big letters walking through the store oh this one's rich in omega-3 and they did news things on it what are your guys's opinions on one uh the function of omegas in your body because this is specifically one that i know nothing about um what are the pros and cons uh and what are the different types what do they do um, if you want me to answer, I mean, I never supplement with Amigas because I like eating fatty foods. Not, and when I say fatty foods, I mean butter and cheese and cream and fatty meat and fatty fish. So I believe I get all the Amigas I need from that. Your Omega-3s, I mean, we all need a bit of three, a bit of six, a bit of nine. We, we need all of them. However, it's when it gets excess of six that is probably the big the big issue and excess of six is the sort of people who are eating fast food all the time. You know, they call it food, but it's in reality, it's food like it's similar to food resembles food, but you wouldn't want to eat the stuff, but people do strangely. That's like those craft singles where it just says pasteurized <laughs> processed imitation, imitation cheese food. It's like no, cheese product. It'll say cheese like cheese product. product. Yeah. yeah. It's, you know, it's not cheese. It just has to have this big long list of like, yeah, your those taste buds singles, will let it pass. Those craft singles are way closer to soft plastic than actual cheese. Yes. Uh, I did want to mention back when you were talking about uh, acid versus uh, alkaline. So if you're too acidic, you'll basically eat and then just poop immediately. Um, I don't have quite that problem, but I am very, very regular. Shannon knows this. Murphy knows this. Ben definitely knows this. And sorry, Jen, she definitely knows it too. <laughs> It's more like a four to six hours. Like I'll eat something and four to six hours later, I know that what I ate, like I'm very aware of what I ate. So is that too fast? Is that too acidic? Should I be trying to alkaline it down a little more? I, I think honestly, it depends on, um, you know, the kind of fiber that you, you have. I mean, really, if you're going two to three times a day, that's, that's really functional and that's healthy. But again, you also know, cause we did a whole show on it. Um, it depends on, you know, if you looked at the consistency texture and all of that of the poo, and I'm sorry to go back into this, but that will tell you a lot about how your body is functioning. So if your body is healthy and um, you're going that often and everything looks normal, color consistency, all of that kind of stuff, I don't think you have anything to worry about. But if you were super unhealthy and you were constantly having softer stools and, um, you know, it, and it was just as soon as you ate, it was coming right back out, you know, make room for food kind of a thing, then I would just kind of pay attention to it. I think it's always worth getting your pH 
um, tested. It's just saliva and urine. And, and it, it measures the amount of salt that you have in your body and the conductivity and everything. So it just really like kind of helps you find where your balance is. You could just be on the very edge of being a little too acidic. Um, and there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. It's just where you're falling on that on that pH scale. But, um, you know, if you want to be in the optimal zone, you just kind of pull it back, eat some more greens, you know, but I know you take green powder and you put that in your smoothies and that's very fibrous as well. But if you eat the right amount of fiber, people honestly should be going more than once a day too. Oh yeah. I go at least twice. If, if I don't go at least twice, I, something's off. Uh, would pool test strips work for figuring out your pH? Like I piss in a cup and then put the pool test strip in there. Would that work? Well, um, yes and no. I mean, it, it'll kind of give you like a, a generic read, but um, there's actually a little device that I use to stick in the urine that measures the salt in it. And you um, get a series of numbers that, and then you math and you do all that kind of stuff. But um, I mean, at a glance, yeah, I guess you could. I don't know that I would trust it 100% to tell you what your internal environment is, but yeah. It was just something I thought of because we're always testing our pool and I don't really believe half of what the test strips say for my pool. So I figured I'd ask about my pee. Yeah. And I, I check both saliva and urine as well. And there's a different measurement process for both of those things. And then I kind of look at the color of it and, you know, kind of determine some things from there too. But um, it, it is still a very simple process. I just made it sound very complex and it's not, but um, it really does kind of help give you a gauge of what your health, your internal health is like. And real quick warning, please don't fall victim to that stupid alkaline water thing. Um, so anything that is external of your body, it can say it's alkaline. That's fantastic. And I believe your water is 8.0. Awesome. But if you put it into an acidic environment, that's a three, um, it, it's going to average differently. So don't think that by drinking a bottle of 8.0 alkaline water, that that's what is going to happen inside your body, because it really depends on what the internal environment is saying first. And so it might help um, kind of push you a little alkaline. It's not going to hurt you, but just be cautious of that. Nothing you drink or take is going to change your internal environment unless you are working at staying balanced. Balanced diet is going to be the best thing that you can do. Making sure that you get enough greens and fiber in your diet, um, just the right amount of protein to carbs. And it's really not that hard to measure. Um, but if, if you're doing balance, if you're eating balanced meals, then you should be right in the zone. Awesome. So, uh, Clive, for somebody starting out with like in particular, your products, uh, give us a breakdown of some of your, uh, the top things you'd recommend from your product line and, uh, what makes, what stands out, uh, you know, from the cheap stuff basically. Cause I know you have high quality stuff. If Crow recommends it, I know it's high quality. Um, the fulvic minerals on my site are extraordinary. They're a quarter of the price of most people's uh, fulvic minerals, and they're, they're extraordinary. That was the first product I ever sold because I've had such incredible results with people. Um, the magnesium I've already mentioned, the iodine that, that we have is called Lugol's iodine, and roughly speaking, $25 will buy you a year's worth. I mean, a whole year's worth. There are people who are selling nascent iodine, which I don't like because it's not very strong, and you'd pay that for, for one month's supply. 
So Lugol's iodine is my favorite. The one I do is 12%, which is more powerful than you normally get over there. Um, the vitamin C, the important bit of that is that, that it shouldn't be GMO. Uh, good vitamin C is non-GMO. Um, Real quick on that. So we use uh, ascorbic acid vitamin C. Is that the bad kind or the good kind? Well, there's nothing wrong with ascorbic acid. I like ascorbic acid. It's got quite a nice taste. If you like a sharp taste, it'll say on, on the label if it's GMO or non-GMO. If it says non-GMO, great. If it doesn't say non-GMO, then I imagine it will be GMO because the non-GMO costs more, and so they're going to be proud to tell you that. So um, then there are different types of vitamin C. We do ascorbic acid. We do one called sodium ascorbate, which is balanced. It's like bicarb mixed with it, reacted, and that's good for people who have sens sensitive tummies. Some people, the acidity of vitamin C is too much for them, so sodium ascorbate is, is neutral or alkaline. Uh, then we do magnesium ascorbate, which is child-friendly. The taste of magnesium ascorbate is, is nicer. You know, a child, if you dilute it a, a lot, the child will drink it, whereas citric acid, um, sorry, ascorbic acid might, might be a bit much. Similarly, vitamin D, there, we do a couple of different types of vitamin D. One is from lichen for the vegetarians. Then there's another one that comes from sheep's wool for the ones that aren't uh, vegan. Um, so most of the things we do, you know, selenium I mentioned is very, very special. I don't know anybody else hardly who's selling the version we do. And it's not like it's hugely expensive or anything. Um, then we do uh, some mushrooms, uh, which uh, we call the monatomic mushrooms. And it's basically monatomic elements with incredible frequency grown mushrooms. I've been working with somebody in England who's one of the leading mushroom growers here. And for years and years, he's been putting together a blend, uh, which is just outrageous. We call it Focus. And he came back from Iraq or some war very damaged you know, mentally, emotionally damaged. And he believed that he could correct this damage in himself. And it was, uh, he was just drawn to uh, make, make this blend of mushrooms. It's incredible. People have had life-changing experience, experiences with it. Really, really super interesting. It's primarily St. George's, which is uh, gambosis, something like that, uh, type of mushroom and lion's mane. And then with the monatomic elements and some niacin, one or two other things, uh, very, very, very powerful. You just do four days on, three days off for six weeks, then have a break. And literally some people have said, well, I, I know, you know why I'm here on this planet now. Quite, quite, quite you know, unusual, unusual yeah, result. I had that ex exact experience. It was a different type of mushroom, but I had that exact experience. Uh, we, we've been actually doing that in our mushrooms too. Uh, lion's mane, chaga, reishi. What was the other one? Is that it? But I've never heard of the St. John's mushroom. Is St. George's. St. Oh, George's. George, but it's the lion's mane that is the, the best for like neurogenesis to rewire your brain, to actually grow your brain. Um, it, it's, uh, yeah, very, very interesting. 
Then we do amino acids. And anybody who's vegan needs to realize that trying to get protein synthesized from hemp seeds or whatever the best vegan source of protein is, is quite low compared to what you get from meat products. So if meat products were like 100%, then uh, 20 or 30% is what you get if you're a vegan or just looking at veggie sources of protein. So taking amino acids as a supplement is worth doing. My ex-assistant was vegan. And if she took half a teaspoonful of the essential amino acids every morning, she had all the energy you could imagine. But if she didn't, uh, everybody noticed the difference. It was quite extraordinary. You know, muscle builders use amino acids. If when I used to get clients who were really old, you know, they'd say, oh, I just don't have the energy to eat. You know, I'd like to eat, but I just can't. I'd give them amino acids because you can build muscle uh, without exercise. With, with amino acids, you know, it, a, another interesting product. I got, interesting. I got one more for you. Oh, sorry, Joe, go ahead. Oh, no, I was actually just going to open it up as we close out here. If anybody had any questions in the chat or Murphy, who's been just sitting there quietly with his glorious beard, just uh, hanging out. But if you had any questions, Murph, or Shannon or Ben, Lene, anybody in the chat, go ahead, Ben. Uh, yeah, the last one that I got is... Uh, I'll just kind of open this up and see what you guys both think about this. Clive, I'd like to hear your perspective on this as well, uh, particularly since we got you. Um, since roughly, I would say puberty age, I've really struggled with insomnia. Um, as of right now, I'm probably in the best shape of my life due to my job and roughly 26 months of sobriety. So insomnia has been just, it's been a, fucking bitch for as long as I can remember, um, especially when I got off the booze. I probably did about six months of getting three to four hours of sleep a night. Um, I didn't really have much withdrawals when it came to the physical aspects. Uh, the habitual psych psychological aspects were for sure. I didn't realize how much I was using actually booze to sleep amongst everything else. Um, but even still, now that I've gotten a lot healthier, um, which is relative. I'm not, I wouldn't call myself healthy. I'm just the healthiest I've ever been. What would you recommend in that kind of holistic, um, both for Shannon and also in supplements for a possible remedy for insomnia, as well as um, not just falling asleep in the normal insomniac <clears throat> way, but also staying asleep? Um, I have recently started getting into, and it's haphazard. I haven't, I'm, I don't do it regularly, but, uh, meditation and, uh, trying to kind of weave into that, but I'd like to know what your guys' thoughts are on it. All right, Clive, go ahead there. Clive, I'll go say. first. <laughs> Good. Thanks. Well, um, there are a number of things. I mean, the first one is, are you sleeping in the dark? You know, if there's a little red light or a little blue light or something, that might be all it takes to upset your sleep patterns. Is all the Wi-Fi turned off? Are you making sure you're not living with a smart meter? Uh, don't have the phone by your head? Could it be that you've got one or more of the magnesium deficiency symptoms? Because, uh, yeah, so if you've got one or more of the magnesium deficiency symptoms, then try a very high-quality magnesium. And as I say, try and build up. Personally, I take maybe three or four magnesium capsules a day. If I forget, I forget. But um, 
And for most people, that's maybe about sort of about nice. But if you think you're low and you've got the symptoms, then go straight to a much higher amount. 12 a day for maybe one, two, three, seven days, whatever it is. And then if all your symptoms are starting to go down, then you could reduce the level down to whatever works uh, for you. But I would try uh, 12 in a day, along with hopefully pretty much everything else I've suggested, you know, uh, see whether that works. Then there's melatonin. Ever tried melatonin? I have, actually. This was something that we just went on recently. Um, I've tried melatonin in different doses. Uh, <laughs> the one that I tried was, uh, they call it uh, three sleep. And it's uh, basically three different layers. There's fast acting, and then there's uh, gradual acting. Um, and then there was like a kind of like herbal layer. And so it's this one pill with three layers. Um, but what I noticed, and I actually did this with her on the phone at the time was I would take the recommended, um, which was two, um, and that was 20 milligrams. And then I tried three for 30 milligrams. And when it came to the fast acting release, uh, it didn't touch it. It didn't touch the insomnia. And then what I noticed was, uh, and this is something that we've all talked about is particular to me. My body hangs on to things. Uh, depending on what it is, some things will hit me very differently than what everybody else is uh, feeling out of the same thing or the same dose. And then the exact opposite will happen with other uh, items um, like mushrooms or weed um, and uh, things of that nature. But what we noticed is that there was almost like this hangover, this melatonin hangover. And uh, some people were saying, you know, no, 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 no. Cut that down to like one or two milligrams and see if that works that I have not tried. Um, and then there's also the timing of it. Um, along with how my body will react to things, sometimes it'll be th three, four hours before even fast acting things really hit. Um, I noticed with the fast acting melatonin, really what it did is it just made me feel kind of dreamy, but it didn't make me feel tired. Um, she recommended well, when you start to feel that lay down, you know, turn off all the lights and try to start going to bed. Sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't, but that hangover feeling was was really present. Um, when you talked about just now <laughs> the magnesium symptoms, I wrote all of those down and her and I were both kind of laughing. Uh, she made a sign of 10, meaning all 10 of them. Um, and I'm looking at the symptoms and I'm like, well, I got probably about seven of them. So I think I think that will be what I turn to next. Any uh, position on the melatonin and uh, what I just described? Well, um, I, I recommend for sleeplessness, if melatonin is the thing, one milligrams, two milligrams, or three milligrams max. The idea of 20 or 30, uh, if, if that's the, of the pure melatonin, that would be a lot. However, people with cancer, uh, there are a lot of people taking 60 milligrams plus three times a day uh, uh, for cancer. So two totally different dosage strategies but people who take too much will feel unwell you know too too, too much melatonin is not felt good. like but there are different levels you know there's melatonin and there's melatonin you know there's quality and there's not quality um there is a very famous uh melatonin that is um uh from a doctor pierre Paoli in italy Dr. Pierre Paoli, there's a company in the States called Anti-Aging Systems, antiagingsystems.com, that sell 
Dr. Pierre Pauli's melatonin. And, um, uh, you know, that might, might be the thing, but it does sound like magnesium might be more the issue that, that you're finding. So uh, let me know if it, if the magnesium changes your life. Hopefully it will. Well, and do then, I... Oh, go ahead, Shannon. Can I add a couple things too? Because um, for me, the key, what you said was that it happened right around puberty. And um, that sounds to me like it could potentially be a hormone thing too, an onset hormone. Um, now, I don't doubt for one second you need magnesium. We all do. Like we absolutely, I 100% agree with Clive. Like we all, we just all should take magnesium regularly. Um, however, iodine might also be another one that you could pair with the magnesium because that also addresses fatigue, especially when you're talking about low thyroid function. And I'm going to just say right now with conventional medicine, when they test your thyroid, they give you this, this set of ranges, you know, whatever these elusive numbers are, I'm going to just say they don't mean much at all. Um, they, they created this system to, to gauge their own medication and, you know, their, their right. chemical drugs, right? Um, right? Iodine toxicity is something that's very, very rare. So you wouldn't have to okay. worry too much about that. Um, and I can recommend uh, a book and stuff for you to kind of take a look, but you can, you can muscle test for it, but I recommend iodine. And then um, I have a son who's 15 and, and that's um, one of the issues that he's been suffering from. And lately what we have found is ashwagandha at night before bed helps. So what we do, how do because- you Hold on, we how do you spell it. that? Um, so A-S-H-W-A-G, I think it's H-A-N-D-A, ashwagandha. It's very common. So, um, and I have, there's one that I've been using, it's called Physis Physician's Choice. Um, you can just get it on Amazon. It's like 20 bucks for the bottle of it. Um, I tried it personally. I don't have any sleep issues at all. I mean, unless it's on the other side where head pillow out, like it's fast. Um, and, but that honestly, that is a problem as well. But um, this one in particular, my son will take two right before bed, uh, about half an hour, 15 minutes before sleep. And it just shuts the hamster down. The hamster Thank on the God. wheel. Yeah, that's exactly if what I'm talking about. If that's what it for. is. So, so here's what Ashwagandha is addressing in that moment is well, um, real quick. I do have a question for you on that. So yeah. I, I, but when I was doing the first, this is probably 2017, 18, I tried the melatonin route. I tried a uh, valerian mm -hmm. root. That was another thing that, mm -hmm. that people yeah. suggested was yeah. the valerian root didn't do right balls at all. Dude, that's yep. crazy too, because I've done valerian tea, like chamomile, va va valerian. Mm -hmm. I tried that as well. It knocks me out. It smells like ass. Valeria oh, yeah. it does. It, it smells works. like stinky gym socks. Yeah. But yeah. let me just tell you about the ashwagandha. That's what I was about to say is what it does okay. is it's it's essentially a mood stabilizer. And um, so it calms you down. It takes away anxiety. And a lot of times we don't recognize the symptoms of anxiety very easily. And Clive touched on it earlier. We're all stressed. And stress comes in so many different formats. But in today's modern world, we really are living out of that flight or fight constantly. We are constantly, I mean, we are not running from saber tooth tigers, but we live like <laughs> it, you know, like we are always so jacked all the time. Yeah. That's where your lion's mane, your chaga, all of that stuff, that mud water is fantastic for that, by the way. I know you, Jen. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, so ashwagandha is one of those things that it shuts off that level of anxiety that's underneath all the other things. So once that's gone, then you kind of have a little bit more of a clear head to, and it shuts that hamster from spinning because the hamster's running out of anxiety. Always. Once he just slows the hell down, 
then you can find sleep easier. However, I still think you should take magnesium that well, I mean, I everyone say, should notice that that pair with that, which honestly, with the amount of symptoms that I had just on the magnesium yep. front that you guys talked about, it does seem like I think I will start with that the iodine uh, ashwagandha. And then I'm also looking in looking into that uh, Celtic gray uh, sea salt. Yep. Uh, I can give you some. And the thing is, is like your prevalent issue may not be what the magnesium is addressing, yet right. we still need magnesium for daily function because it is not in our food the way that it used to be. It's not in the soil. We still right. need that, but it may be kind of like down here, but your sleep issue might need the iodine and the ashwagandha right now. Okay. So if you're trying to pinpoint that one thing and it's really not like melatonin didn't seem to do it for you, well, then that's not the issue. It wasn't it right. wasn't that at all. And one other quick thing, because we are um, in the modern world, shut down those devices uh, at least half an hour before you go to sleep. Um, get okay. rid of that fake blue light. And if you can get rid of that phone from your room, if possible, or lay it face down so that if you get a text in the middle of the night, it's not lighting everything up. That disrupts the pineal gland immediately. Dark, 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 dark. I mean, we were meant to sleep when it's completely dark and wake up by the light of day because that's what our pineal gland does for us. And, and that's where the melatonin is produced and made and used and all of that kind of stuff. So if it's not light regulation that you need in order to sleep, that's why that wasn't working for you, if that makes sense. It might yeah. just be a complete anxiety because a lot of, like you explained your history and the things that you were using helped you sleep. But a lot of times people use that stuff also to get rid of the day-to-day the -day stress and anxiety, the things right. they don't want to face. So ashwagandha is a really good one for that. Which so, was correlative and, to it getting me to sleep was the fact that as soon yeah. as I would drink, it wasn't just about the actual intravenous chemical causing me to go to bed. It right. was the fact that all of the, uh, I guess you could say hormonal release or dopamine or whatever it is, that would immediately just whoosh. Drinking yes. just immediately would make me relax. And then it kind of compounded it into being able to sleep besides yeah. being blitzed. Yes. Well, thank you guys. I really appreciate that. That was a lot of info. I have a full page of notes. And as a matter of fact, yeah. I'm looking at my mm -hmm. uh, my cart right now on Amazon and I'm like, oh, fuck. Um, so, no, I really it's appreciate all good. everything you guys <laughs> that you guys said. And uh, that's that's my take on it from uh, for the day. Thank you. Yeah. Th thanks, you guys. We appreciate it. We'll wrap up there. Uh, Clive, let us know where we can get a hold of you besides. Uh, I guess that's it. Right. Clive SecretHealthClub.com. Is there anything else? Yeah, those are the two websites. Yes. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Shannon, where can we find you? You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Creative Light 16. And I am online, creativelightwellness.com. All right. And Murphy, where can we find your podcast? Can you hear me? Yes, we can. All right. All right. I'm clicking things. Uh, Tub Turkey Podcast. Uh, Google that. Thanks for the information, guys. That was That was really cool. Yeah, this might be one you guys have to listen to again because it's uh I mean I have to I've I've heard Clive a, a million times it seems like and I still have to go back and listen because I'm like, hey, which one was the good one? Which one is the bad one? But we appreciate you guys all coming on. Thanks to everybody in the live chat and the audio listeners, and we will catch you guys next time.
What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hero.co. 